Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You cannot stop him. You can only hope to get Here we are hanging out with Ben Malice on the Backchat Basketball Show. I'm Dan Cons. No Greg Hire here today, but today we did record another episode of the Backchat Basketball Show um, with Reese Vague. Um, so that's coming up in a few weeks, which I'm pretty excited about. Hello, backchatpodcast.com.au if you want to send us an email or send us uh, some messages on Instagram, backchat underscore basketball. Ben, you feeling all right? I'm going all right. I survived the MCG experience with the Eagles last weekend. That's uh, 30 seconds of football talk. We don't go there. But, yeah, we need to send the search party out for Greg Hire. I don't know where he is. He's probably locked in this car in the southern suburbs of Perth. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I know you, you wanted to skim over the fact that you went and watched West Coast um, at the MCG in the cold against Richmond. How much did they lose by? Uh, I stopped counting the scoreboard when it was yep. six goals down in the fourth quarter. So I can confirm it was cold, it was miserable, it was wet, and uh, the Eagles got spanked. So... I'm counting down the games. Only 14 games left in the season, and we can uh, continue the tank next year. Yeah, nice. Well, yeah, that's right. Let's continue the tank, bleed for Reed, and um, and get some yes. uh, or, or a good some good talent, pick. some tools, some new strength and conditioning staff, and a new CEO. That's my uh, checklist for the Eagles. Can you help me out? I will. I'm not going to say anything. So I'm just going to let that. <laughs> I'm just going to let that fly. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So as I said, Reese Vague. Um, he joined the pod. So what we did was there's a, another podcast that started on the Backchat Studios Network called Fat Chat, um, mm. hosted by Jared Madger. He's um, been doing some stuff by himself, and now he's come on board with us, and he's making a pod. So he, we both had actually hit up Reese because um, he's back in town, back in Perth. So obviously, uh, Reese Vague, if you're not familiar, four-time champion with the Perth Wildcats, was a, de- a development player, became a contracted player and then um, has been in Japan for the last few seasons. So both me and Jared uh, hit him up this week and said, hey, you want to come on the basketball show? And um, and, and, and Jared asked him for, for his show. And I said, why don't you just do the show and we'll we'll steal the content for a few weeks. So in a few weeks' time, Reese Vague will have a pretty good chat with Jared and we're just going to tack that onto our feed and that will be our episode for the week. It was very interesting. Um, he signed with South East Melbourne Phoenix this year. And, um, yeah, I'm interested to see how his game has evolved from that guy who used to um, uh, sort of get to run amok a little bit of the Perth Wildcats because, you know, they had a quite a stacked team. So he would come on towards the end of the game or um, or fill different minutes. So he, he talked about – one of the interesting things he was talking about is when the imports play in Japan, they uh, have to have a lot more ball handling ability. So that really developed for him. So – be interesting to see if he comes back to the Phoenix playing alongside Mitch Creek, what sort yeah. of um, player he's become. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. He's done well in Japan and he's cashed out. And I just like the fact that he was the meat in the back chat sandwich. So uh, you boys got yeah. to him and I'm looking forward to hearing that in a couple of weeks and yeah. be back in the NBL going big time. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking forward to um, 
uh, actually like seeing some Australian basketball again because the, the playoffs, to be honest, like we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. The NBA playoffs, I just can't, I don't care anymore. Could not care. Yeah, so that's just your selfish Mavs supporter yeah. talking. Come on, man. It's been a good yeah. week of playoffs. It's been good action. We'll get into it. But uh, again, you'll need a new team next year because Luca's leaving anyway. So you've got no, he's not. No, 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 he's not. I've got a newfound. Um, I woke up at like 4 a.m. and my brain is ticking over and I think, uh, I think we're going to be fine. Absolutely. What, what, so, what does what does fine entail? Is that getting the eight seed next year, or well, it's the lottery next week? We've got to have a yeah. morning show next Wednesday afternoon when you guys get the tenth seed again and uh, have the tenth draft pick. So yeah, we'll we'll get the tenth seed. So that's you know protected um, up until the tenth, and if we lose the tenth, then we lose it to the Knicks, which would be fine. But uh, if, I think <laughs> apparently what, what I think will happen is if, if they do get the tenth pick, I believe that they I, I've just got a feeling they'll trade it. It'll be a part of the package to get another player in because. I don't Trade think. Who? What? What player do you have in mind? Who do you want? Who do you need? I don't know. I'm not the front office. Just I. I, I don't know what I want. That's the problem. So I'll sound like <laughs> an idiot if I start listing things about what I want for the Dallas Mavericks, because I. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how to fix that team, but it you all sound depends. Like a 25 year old version of me. Don't know what you want. Don't know where you're going. No. So I can relate. I, sh- I should go work for the Mavs. I might get a job. You could, you absolutely could. Um, all right, how's your how's your Bucks going? You 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 back them in for the championship? How are they? So did that happen? I think we deleted the uh, episodes. <laughs> I think I had uh, a rumor had it on whatever Giannis for MVP and the Bucks for the championship. But yep, look, we uh, move on, we advance, and uh, we just pretend that never happened because I think we're not going well. But to mm. be fair, they had the biggest meltdown since I don't know when. So again, two thousand seven Mavs maybe when they lost to the Warriors. Um, yeah, so when that, the Mavs that was that was at least, yeah, the, at least these Heat had Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler's going to make the conference finals and could That's even true. make the finals. When, again, um, must... Sorry, what was the score of the Milwaukee series? It was 4-1 Milwaukee. So so if we look at it from afar, right, the Bucks won one more playoff game than the Mavs did. Correct. Right. Okay. So the, the, the Bucks have a big shiny trophy sitting in the cabinet from two years ago. Um, you're making me sound yeah, like we got one from 12 years ago. Like a, a fanboy here. I'm not a Bucks fanboy. <laughs> uh, so Giannis has come out today. Did he tweet or something and say, "Keep the disrespect coming"? You know, keep keep disrespecting. I'm coming or something like that. I was actually scrolling through IG this afternoon, and he's re what's it called? Like a story or reposted a, a quote yep. from Kobe Bryant saying failure is not a thing, and then he's backed it up with his speech from two weeks ago. So. Again, maybe Giannis is going to get in the lab or do what Dirk Nowitzki did 15 years ago and come down to the outback in Australia and just disconnect. So, yeah, yeah. look, I don't know what to take from that. NBA players like to always praise God and clamp down on what's happening next, so I don't read too yeah. much into that. But who knows, Giannis might actually be improving, which would be pretty scary if he comes back. But he's got a, a big triumph to fine. come after that fight out. He'll be absolutely he'll fine. He just, he, like you said, trophy two years ago. They've got a good, like a good foundation there. He's still one of the best players. Like he's he's fine. It's he'll be fine. And to yeah. make him feel better, the Boston Celtics are clearly watching the Bucks and they're taking notes on how to choke away a playoff series. So maybe yes. it's contagious around the Eastern Conference, and Milwaukee will be the old flavor of the month in just a couple of days. So this is so. Let's talk about the Celtics because they are um, on the brink of of being um, of of leaving the playoffs, and that excites me because. I, for the last two, three years, have been sort of salivating at the idea and feel like it might happen. Like I've got a gut instinct that Jalen Brown will be a, a maverick. Um, and so the more that the, the, that the Celtics fail and the more they have this like awful meltdown, the more I keep thinking is Jalen Brown is going to – like apparently I've heard he wants out, like just from you know random rumors that you see around. I'm willing to back that in 
and he he would be a perfect piece next to Luka Doncic. So he and Kyrie Irving will, will be there. So we we'll, we'll have Kyrie, we'll have uh Luka, we'll have Jalen Brown, Dylan Brooks will be on the team and um Draymond Green. So it'll be we'll have a so formidable in an Amazon subscription and what could go wrong with that bunch <laughs> on the same team together. <laughs> so what what do you think happens with the Celtics from here? Like if they if if they can't come back from this and they they tumble out, do they do they break this team up? Well, they might not have a choice because Jalen Brown's a free agent next year, like you say. And I have heard the same rumours as you that he could be a little bit uh, eyeful in terms of looking for new opportunities. And who knows? But I think before we get there, we have to acknowledge what an epic shit show it's been from them over the past week. The first yep. thing the Celtics should be doing is looking for a new head coach because Joe Mazzula has is costing them the series. You would have seen the end of Game 4 when, lo and behold, he decides not to call the timeout when they're losing and they're behind with 20 seconds left and they decide to run out the clock and play out the clock, and guess what happens? They don't get a shot off. Yep. So, again, horrible coaching in Game 4. And this morning, they just got beat down and bum-rushed. The 76ers came in, dominated the Celtics on their home court, and the Celtics just had no no plan. There was no adjustments. There was no tweaking. All they were doing was jacking up threes, and it didn't work. So they've got a chance to go into Philadelphia on Friday and save their season. And like you say, maybe even save this version of the team because – Things move fast in the NBA. If yep. they lose on Friday, they actually will remind me of that OKC team from early 2012. Yeah. When they made the finals with Kevin Durant and Westbrook and James Harden and the future was bright. That team never got back to the finals and they only had one finals game victory and then Durant bolted. So there's a lot at stake in Boston and they have to go down to Philly, a place they've won a lot at over the years. But they allowed MVP player Joel Embiid, who we'll talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. live to linger around and James Harden suddenly looks like a playoff superstar. Yep. And I think that comment there is the reflection of what Boston's been doing because they're making James Harden look like an MVP in the playoffs and it's just not acceptable from them. I think um, the sorry the Celtics, I've got the maps on my, my brain constantly. The Celtics have been that team on paper that like if they always look like the best team on paper and it's been that way for like four or five seasons, right? When they, when they had, um, even when they brought Kyrie on, right? That team was like, you can't beat that Celtics team. They're already so good. They brought Kyrie on. That didn't work for whatever reason. No idea why. Um, but they've had such good pieces in this team, but they've just never been able to to do it. And it's, um, yeah, I, I think they would be, fans would be so, um, you'd just be frustrated because you've got you'd such in, a good team. And you have high expectations every time. Now that the Bucks have gone, they've got the best record. They've got home court. They've got everything at their disposal. They do have, I think, the most talent left in the playoffs. And you've got kids. They remind me of that young kid that's about two years old that just plays with their food. They play with their yep. food. They play with their food. And they don't take advantage of the opportunities they have. Last year, like we said, they got to the finals. They should have won the finals. up 2-1, game four at home. And yes, Steph Curry went nuts. But they just collapsed in the sense that they stopped doing the things that got them there and the defense eroded. And this year, like how many times do you see a team losing the finals come back next year with that eye of the tiger, with that intensity, with that desire to yep. make the most of all those little moments? The Celtics have been the complete opposite. They've gone from the best defensive team in the postseason last year. This year in the postseason, they're the fifth worst defense in the whole postseason. So yeah. they're letting up points. They don't have that advantage. And they just look sloppy and they look a bit arrogant and they look like they think they can turn on the switch. And heck, maybe they can. Maybe they can go into Philadelphia and win on Friday morning and right these wrongs. But I'm skeptical. And you mentioned my Bucks tip off the start of the pod. Since mm. they lost, I thought the Celtics would sweep this series. They'd dominate, they'd advance through, and I keep backing them in, keep backing them in because of their talent. And they just keep winning the bet. And again, Philadelphia is a city I know very well, and that place is going to be rabid 
on Friday morning. The fans are going to be nuts. They're going to be feral in a good way because they're sensing their first trip to the conference finals in 23 years. And Boston's going to need a big Jason Tatum game because short of that, Joel Embiid and James Hedden have momentum now. Even Maxi showed out this morning. So I feel nervous for the Celtics fans out there and it's going to be a very, very hard game to go and get on Friday. For sure. And if it doesn't, if they if they tie it up, it's gonna be an awesome game seven. Like I will I will put aside my busy schedule and distaste for the, the basketball at the moment and I will probably sit down and actually watch that. What what do you um, think happens on Friday? What happens in game six? Who have you got? Celtics or Sixers? I, I think the Sixers just do it. I, I honestly I I think the, the Celtics are like are mentally fragile right now and they're a bit fried and they've like they're realizing how badly they're fumbling the bag and that's hard to come back from. Like when you, when you do that, when you've been given such a good opportunity and you waste it and you're like, man, we're so close. I think the mental side and like the 76ers, they need to like they, for this team, they need to win this. Like they need to go to the conference finals. Joel Embiid needs to do this. Harden needs this. Like they, they, um, yeah, I think they win it, but it would be a great game seven. It'd be a, an awful grind for that game seven. But yeah, I think the 76ers probably have it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they're just, they're mentally cooked. You're, you're right in the sense that this is a big moment for the Sixers because this is their time. They need to get through to this series, the conference finals, break through that drought. And yep. then if they do, they get their old friend Jimmy Butler going up against them. But I think the first quarter on Friday morning is going to tell the tale because. Boston shot nine of 34 from three this morning. They weren't having the shots going in. So they're going to keep yep. jacking up the threes. And if they come out early, make some threes, they'll get some momentum. And the downside about playing in Philadelphia is the fans are very passionate and very loud, but they will turn very quickly. So Absolutely. Boston almost has to play the moment as much as the Sixers in game six. They need to come out early, get a bit of a lead, get the crowd, get the Sixers players nervous. Because if that happens, the atmosphere can turn really quick and we can easily see a game seven happening. And, Again, flashback last year, Jason Tatum went into Milwaukee in game six, put up 45 points, saved their yep. season in this exact same game. Yep. Can they do it again? Like the odds say they probably won't, but like you say, I'm rooting for a game seven because it means more drama for us. For sure. Let's stay in the East. So the East, uh, sorry, the uh, Knicks and the Heat, like you said, uh, the Heat are a game away from from finishing out this series 4-1. Do the Knicks have anything left in them? Like they obviously peaked earlier than people thought. I don't think people thought they would be in this um, they'll be in the second round of the playoffs. Is this as far as we see the Knicks go? Like, will they win another game? No, the Knicks should be going down to their local travel agent and booking their flights to Cancun because they <laughs> might be able to steal game five, but there's no way in hell they're winning this series. And it feels like I've hopped in the, like the DeLorean and gone back in time 20 years because these games are getting played at that late 90s, early aughts pace where it's slow, it's a grind yeah. out. And a team led by just an amazing superstar in Jimmy Butler is just too much because the Knicks can't score. They've had the worst offense of all these teams remaining in the playoffs. And you're right, in some senses, they've had a great season because they're ahead of schedule. They're actually very well positioned to trade for a disgruntled superstar like Jalen Brown, my tip to get them if you actually lose Boston. So they've had a good year in New York, but this is just a different level of competition, of grind. And, geez, they just do this year in and year out. They don't have the most talented roster. That's an obvious thing to say. But they've just ground New York to a halt. And then at the other end, Jimmy Butler is leading things, but you've got people like Gabe Vincent and Struess and Kevin Love's been revitalized. Yeah. So, look, the best the Knicks can have is winning game five. But if it gets to game six, the Heat are going to win. And amazingly, they're going to be the first eight seed in 25 years to make the conference finals, which, again, who would have thought that really? three weeks ago? 
There you go. Yeah, the Knicks, um, it would be interesting what happens, I think, next year. I think you're right. They The Heat probably come through and win out this series. But the Knicks next year will be very interesting because, like you said, sometimes teams, they get so close and they come out like a monster the following season. But sometimes sometimes the opposite happens. And it happened a little bit with the Mavs. Well, it happened a lot with the Mavs making the conference finals last year, probably before they were meant to. And then this year absolutely had a stinker. So, It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Knicks next season, whether or not they can do what they did this year and not keep taking people by surprise, but keep winning games. Um, I mean, the East was a little, was a little bit weaker than we, than, um, you know, I, I I don't think they got the talent at the very top end, but, but yeah, what what they do next season will be really um, interesting to see. They don't, they're well positioned to make that trade. Because again, what we've seen over the playoffs, they've got enough to beat a very inexperienced team in Cleveland. That's not doing what they need to do. And they're going up against the heat. You see there's levels to this because if you Mm. put Jimmy Butler on that New York Knicks team, they're probably pushing for the finals, if not making the finals with what left in the league. So they need their superstar. And again, I know we pick on the Mavs here a little bit, but the Knicks need a big high-profile guy to ask out, whether that's Giannis or Embiid or Doncic, Jimmy Butler. If they can plonk a superstar onto this team, keep the bulk of the team and just sacrifice their draft picks, again, that's a team that can make the finals, but we're seeing at the moment Jalen Brunson can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. And again, pour one out for Julius Randle because he's having a stinker of a series. Yeah. Uh, our friend Stephen A. Smith had an epic rant this morning <laughs> about his lack of performance over the past couple of games. Which, again, shows his levels to this. He's a good player, fringe all-star, can do a lot of things right, but he's not the type of guy that's going to be leading you into the promised land in the postseason. All our friends in New York can stop the bing-bong nonsense and uh, get ready for their <laughs> off-season. The thing about the Knicks, right, is that they – when's the last time they signed that guy, though? Like, is I reckon – I don't think people like playing for that front office. I think there's people that have a lot of issues with people up top – it's, and they haven't – the last time they landed a superstar was Camelo Anthony. It was. It's, it's less the front office and more the owner, Jim, yeah. James Dolan, who I don't know if yeah. you've seen this movie, Tommy Boy, that's about 25 years old. But it's I haven't about seen this, it. Uh, it's worth seeing because it's the real-life version of Tommy Boy, that movie, because for those that don't know, Nolan is a – he got the team from his father who made all this money and then he inherited the team and he's just run it into the ground. The players don't like him. The fans don't like him. There's no one in New York that likes him and that's what's been the resistance – for players going there in the past. Yeah. Leon Rose is the Knicks general manager now. He used to be a player agent, used to be LeBron's agent back in the day. So they're actually very well connected from a front office point of view. I think they can start getting players now because they've shown they can build a solid team. Yeah. But again, you're going to have to find the right guy because there's no point going after Amari Stoudemire, who they did before Carmelo, who's aging and like his yeah. knees broke down. They can't trade all of this just for an overpriced role guy. They need to be a bit patient and find the right guy because if they don't, We've seen the Knicks go after flashy moves year after year and it just doesn't work. Yeah. But at least now they've got some youth, they've got some progress. And again, they won a playoff series for only the second time in, I think, 15 years. So there is a success rate there, but they've been found out. And all plaudits to our friends in Miami. Like, I, Did you see the pass from Kevin Love yesterday where he's passing the ball like a quarterback and he suddenly yes. burst alive? Like, this guy looked washed three months ago yeah. and now he's about to play in the conference finals. He looks like that... Um the good Kevin Love that played next to LeBron in Cleveland and um, like the Kevin Love at the very end of his Minnesota time where he was getting like, he's he's not quite that same guy. I remember he just getting like 30 and 30. and and, and It must must be the sunshine down in Miami. They must see the sunshine, go down the beach. Maybe I'm getting a bit cold here in Melbourne. I need to get on the plane to Miami because they just seem to do this year in and year out. It's like a boot camp that just revitalizes players' careers. That's right. Um, All right, what about on the West? So uh, 
we got so Denver obviously leading the series three two against the Suns. So Nikola Jokic is um, beating the team, but he's also beating down the owners uh, of of the team. So that was some that was the biggest flop ever from the from the Suns owner. He got a little shove, and albeit like if if um, if Jokic pushed me a little bit, I, I would probably go down. But it it was like a tiny little shove, and this owner like flops back. He was given the like he's been watching Chris Paul, and um, what did Jokic did he get a fine or anything for this? So he got a technical foul. But my part of this, do you know the backstory of the owner? How he used to play with Michigan State. He won a national college right. championship twenty years ago, and he was a a tenth eleventh man on that team. And he was doing a podcast with our friend Bill Simmons last week, which I heard, and he was describing his game as a scrappy glue guy, role player, yep. doing all the little things. So it was so ironic and made me laugh so hard when I saw that, that he was doing the Matthew Delavdova flop <laughs> as soon as he got a little bit of contact. And again, he got his team a point because Yoki somehow got teed up. So the owner was a smart man. You could just see him with his hands up in the air, like saying, no, I didn't do anything when yep. he was just being a professional irritant. So He's being again, a pest. Correct. And if you spend $2 billion on a team, they're not going to kick you out of your own arena. So no. he's got that on his side. But I think the whole interaction made me love Jokic even more because he put, what was it, like 50 points and 10 yeah. rebounds on the Suns in Game 4. And then this morning before Game 5, just being a larrick and comes over, gives Matt Ishbia the ball before the game. Yeah. And then just goes out and dominates the game and ho-hum, another win. So, yeah, yeah look, it's... Uh, what do you say? The guy was owning the team and uh, decided to get a bit involved. But again, you've got billions of dollars. I guess you can do what you want. That's right. If I was look, if I was the a team owner, I would much. I'd definitely be that guy. I'd be the Mark Cuban. I'd be that guy on the sidelines, just causing a ruckus because I'm not going to get kicked out. And and like, so what if I get a little fine? I think. Um, Cuban, I think you can afford it. What would you be like as an owner? Would you be like overly into it and quite loud and quite verbose? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, 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 big time. Absolutely. I would. I would be gone on every podcast possible. I'd be gone on every show. I'd be running my mouth. It would be. It'd be a good time. Um. Phoenix Suns, so I thought when the Durant signing happened, they would maybe be un- unbeatable. But So I'm, I'm glad that the, that the Nuggets have been able to – I mean, the series isn't over. It's only 3-2, but if they can if they can close this out, I'll be quite happy because it's like a team that's been going at it for the last few years that have really been putting it in, um, and they sort of, they've sort of earned it a bit. Um, so I'll be stoked. They're probably the team I'm rooting for now to win the championship is the Denver Nuggets. Um, they got a lot of likable guys on the team. Aaron, just, Aaron Gordon, I don't know why, but I just really love Aaron Gordon. I think from his days in Orlando, um, the dunk contest won me over. And then he sort of became a different player when he went to the Nuggets, um, and he's been awesome. i uh, just a big fan of his. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pulling for the Nuggets there. Over with the other game, the, the Warriors and Lakers, I, just two teams I dislike, um, and I hope that neither one of them go through to the finals. Um, I can't – so so Will Schofield, who I spend most of my time with during the week, he he doesn't really follow basketball at all. And, and he said to me like a, six weeks ago, he's like, what's happening with, with the basketball? Like, is LeBron good at the moment? And I was like, man, he's like, they've shut him down for the season. They're not even going to make the playoffs. Um, their team's in dismay. Like it's, it's, it's bad. And then when we were here yesterday or whatever watching the basketball, I had it on. He's like, didn't you say the, the Lakers were bad? And LeBron I said, yeah, that lasted for a week before his season-ending injury had um, been mag- magically fixed and the team was good again. I, I just don't like either of these teams winning. I'm so, I'm, glad <laughs> I'm so I'm glad that they're facing each other. 
Oh, come on, don't be like that. Don't be a hater. It's been a good series. It's been some good games. You can't write off LeBron because I think as much as he's been amazing, it's been Anthony Davis that has just yeah. won three of these four games. It was game one that the Lakers won in Golden State. It was the best performance I've ever seen from AD. He was a complete beast yeah, at both ends. He had his customary game off in game two and the Lakers got rolled. But the Lakers went home and got two wins. And again, the Warriors just don't have the margin of error. They're still playing like they did in 2016, 2017, where if they're loose with the ball, they're just being a bit extravagant. They're yep. just not doing the fundamentals right. And the Lakers have been able to stick around in game four. And then Lonnie Walker showed off yesterday, someone that has been on that complete out of the league, went nuts. Yep. And the Lakers had a big win. So again, as much as you hate both of these teams, who do you <laughs> think is going to got a better chance of beating Denver? Do you think the Lakers can go into Denver and win that series? No, I think it, both team loses to Denver, but uh, but is that? I, I think the Warriors. I think the Warriors. The Warriors are the team to beat the Nuggets because. So if it's Lakers Denver, yeah. what do you think is going to happen? Four one. Really? really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I I just think they're too. They've like the Lakers need certain players to step up, like Lonnie Walker out of the blue to to have games, and like AD had to have a monster game. Like you can't. I think just Denver are more complete and they know how to win games. Um, the, uh, the With the, the Lakers thing, I saw today on Twitter that um, someone was like saying, oh, this shows how the bubble championship wasn't a fluke. And someone quote tweeted that um, with a picture of the roster from the bubble and compare, and then like had crossed out every name that was that is no longer on the team. There's only two players left on that team, and it's dogs. AD and LeBron. Um, so what? all this talk of like the Lakers showing, you know, the bubble championship did actually mean something because they they've shown they can do it. I think it just shows that LeBron and AD are very very good. It um, does show that they're very very good. And again, that uh, they tried Russell Westbrook for a while, that didn't work, but they finally got some role players. Because again, we much as you cross over Lonnie Walker, he yep. is so much better on that team than Russell Westbrook because he again to quote your friend Travis Kelsey, he knows his role and he shuts his mouth and does exactly. what it's needed to do. So. Again, Davis is going to have to be the one. If he stays fit, they've got a chance. If he goes down, they've got no chance. But again, referencing the bubble, again, the conference finals there was Denver versus LA. And Davis was the best player in the series and bested Jokic and they won. So I think the cool thing is for me with what's left. Jamal Murray this time, did they have Jamal Murray playing in that series? They had him playing there, but he wasn't very good in that series. But again, it's the battle of the big guys, right? You've got Jokic and Davis. And then even if Embiid can make the finals, the thought of going back to the 1970s and having Jokic versus Embiid be the centerpiece of the finals, I do like the idea of that. And especially those two guys with all the MVP discourse, you yeah. could have like a WWE-style wrestling showdown for the best player in the world championship. So again, maybe Nuggets and Sixers is the series we need to support for the finals because it means we can decide who is the better player. Yeah. Um, all right. So, that, I mean, we've we've said, so you think you, you're hoping for Denver – uh, Denver 76ers is, is the finals matchup? I think no, I, th- I think it will be Denver LA and Sixers Heat. I think the series I actually want to see more is LeBron versus the Heat. I'd rather see LA versus Miami is what I would like to see because as much as I said that thing about the centers, I think there'd be something romantic about LeBron going back to Miami and trying to win a championship. And Jimmy yep. Butler as well. This guy, I didn't take him as seriously as I did now three or four years ago. I thought he was a good player but not an upper echelon guy. But if he gets back to the final with that team, then part of me goes, well, that dude deserves a championship because, yep. again, he just embodies everything that isn't sexy about basketball, but he works hard, he grinds it out. And that Heat team, to be fair to them, they're not that talented, but they keep grinding. So 
deep down, probably because I like uh, the thought of being in LA and Miami, I would love to see a Lakers Heat finals. I think I, I, I feel Jimmy Butler's giving me like Dirk 2011 vibes as mm. well. Um, they obviously, they, they, the Mavs were the third seed that season, so they weren't, they didn't come from the eighth, but not a super talented roster, just a really like nicely put together team. Um, and then you had Dirk going absolutely burko in, in, in much the way that Jimmy Butler has. So yeah, I, I like, um, I like Jimmy Butler. I like Nikola Jokic. I'm I'm happy for both of those guys to win. As long as there's not a Lakers championship or Warriors championship, I I, I probably couldn't care. Even James Harden used to just I used to really dislike James Harden, and now like if he gets a championship, great. Like you've you've been around. He's shown he's he's done amazing things for however many years he's played. Like he probably has earned it. Yeah, same with Joel Embiid. Again, I've spent some time in Philadelphia. The thought of them winning a championship would be amazing because some of the scenes we're going to see afterwards. Yep. I was in Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl in 2018, the week after, and there was 1.2 million people at a parade when it was three degrees outside in the middle yeah, of winter. Yeah, it's crazy. So could you imagine what the city is going to be like in the middle of summer if the Sixers somehow get a championship? <laughs> it's James Harden's going to spend a lot of money at the strip clubs in Philadelphia and Joel Embiid's going to get very drunk. So it would be a big party. That's right. Um, all right, well, let's catch up again. So next week is the is the lottery, right? It is, is next it, Wednesday. Next so week? if we record Wednesday afternoon, we can get your live reactions to receiving yep. the 10th pick in the draft. Yeah, or the first. Like there is, <laughs> well, a, there okay. is a percentage chance that that could happen. And I am going to, like I said last week, how I did a bit of a um, uh, like culty sort of thing with candles and, um, and try to speak. Good um, juju. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. Sp- uh, to speak, um, oh, who was it? Who was the draft pick that year um, from Duke? The he's playing for New Orleans. How would I not know his name? First pick Zion. of the draft, Zion. Zion. Yeah, I tried to speak Zion to the Mavs. It didn't happen. Um, so I'm going to try and mix it up this this time and and see what I can do to try and get well, um, a topic. Well, the, the Wildcats just signed that young kid from France, so maybe to go see Danny Mills, get a Wildcat shirt, get a French flag. I don't know. Maybe there's an angle there you can tap into when you're praying to the basketball god this week. That's right, absolutely. So backchat, backchat underscore basketball is where you find us on Instagram. Send us an email, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Um, like I said, Reese Vay coming up next week. We'll do a reaction to the lottery. Maybe we'll find Greg. Maybe he'll be around. Yeah, let's um, set the bat, bat signal up and find Greg High. If anyone's seen him in the back <laughs> yeah, of the milk cart, let us know. Um, and Ben, I'll, well, I'll definitely see you next week. And um, if you could just lift a prayer or light a candle or something to the, the basketball gods for me and hope the Mavs can get a good pick. I'll be pulling for you next week. Stay safe. Thanks, mate. That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the ACAST Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.